Well, hello and welcome to episode one of Mivlos, the ramblings of a technophile. Um, this is me, Oli Meibel, your host. I am the only one here, so I don't quite know what I'm hosting, but uh, hopefully in episodes to come we will get a few guests in. Um, in a couple of weeks' time I'm going to have one of the uh, founders of the Facebook application Get Them In, which I mentioned in my most recent column. Um, and we'll be chatting to him um, to see how he came up with the idea, what he's doing with it, how it's coming, and what it's like just to to work for things like Facebook. So that should be fun, hopefully. Um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to do something every couple of weeks. Um, we'll see how that goes. This is my first time podcasting, which is why the sound quality will be pretty rubbish. The other problem is I'm just recovering from the flu. I'm kind of in the tail ends now, where it's like man flu as opposed to flu flu. But I will... Uh, hopefully sound a little better the next time we meet. Um, anyway, I thought we'd start off with a little chat about uh, the biggest things of 2008, um, the big kind of tech stories that came out, and then we'll have a little taster of uh, what to come and what to expect in 2009. 2009, doesn't that sound like the future? That's just weird. 2009. Strange. Anyway, uh, we'll start off one of the few stories that I caught my eye. Well, I think the really interesting one was um, Microsoft uh, chasing Yahoo. Now, I don't know if people follow this, but basically Microsoft are offering ridiculously low sum uh, per share trying to buy Yahoo because they realize that essentially they're dead in 10 years if they don't get into the online space. Things like search um, and all the other stuff that Yahoo does not quite as well as Google. Now, the weird thing, of course, is this is uh, all happening whilst Bill Gates retired and left Steve I'm a Monkey Boy Balmer in charge. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen videos of this man, but he is insane and not in an interesting or good way, just, just insane. Actually, talking to Microsoft, the other thing that... Uh, made me laugh in 2008 was the horse that they backed in the HD wars uh, completely died. HD DVD which was available as a little add-on to the Xbox 360 absolutely crushed by Blu-ray and Sony. Now the other thing was um, there's a story that came out about the Xbox 360 which is when it first was launched 68% failed. 68% of Xbox 360's failed. Ah, Microsoft, you gotta love them. Anyway, it doesn't really matter with the HD walls because they're both pointless. Because everyone downloads everything uh, now. iTunes overtook Walmart in uh, April as the largest music distributor in the US. Now, that is quite a big deal. Walmart has a scary amount of power for such a disturbingly ugly company. I mean, if you think about Walmart, Walmart actually have a say in what music gets made. They're very famously... Um, banned a Sheryl Crow album because she mentioned in a song uh, shooting someone with the bullets bought from Walmart and so they thought no 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 that's that's bad we don't want that we'll not actually sell you and the record sold 30% less than expected so that's the kind of power Walmart had and it's the kind of power that Apple now have um, I guess it's from one dictator to another I just prefer Apple as the dictator Yes, so that was nice. Uh, what else? Uh, well, the world nearly ended um, on September 10th when the Large Hadron uh, Collider um, well, started colliding. 
well, I say started colliding, it only lasted for, I think, nine days, and then it broke. So that was a good, good use of uh, 2.1 billion pounds there. I did like how a lot of people actually asked me, is this going to be the end of the world? No. No, it's not. Um, now, uh, stop reading the Daily Mail. Anyway, uh, away from science fiction and back to science um, fact. Hardware. What hardware was exciting? Hardware sounds dirty. What hardware was exciting in 2008? Well, for one, the netbook. This idea of the mini laptop. Um, it really, really hit the mainstream this year. I mean, the first time I actually saw one was in January 08. And uh, it was a little, uh, little Asus Triple E. This was the computer that started it all. It was a little 7-inch screen. Now the big deal was that it was a couple of hundred quid. The bigger deal was that it basically always came with Linux, which is what made it so cheap. Now, I don't know about you, but um, the only people I knew who used Linux were very, very bearded. Um, they were very nice, very friendly, very, very big beards. Uh, and now, um, you get people, like normal people, using Linux. It's the strangest thing. It doesn't get the viruses. Uh, the viruses. The fact of the matter is, it basically, it's got to the level where any person, you know, your mum, your dad, your mate who doesn't know how to turn on a computer, they can actually use this. And it comes with everything they need. You know, they can browse the web, they can check their email, they can look at movies, all the stuff that actually 95% of people do on a computer. Just to see quite how successful it's being, if you look at uh, something like Amazon, so Amazon.com or Amazon.co.uk, the top 10 best-selling computers the top nine of those are netbooks. Number ten is the MacBook. Of course it is, it's simply the best laptop you can get. But the top nine are all netbooks, and they're all around 250 quid. Now, I actually won um, a Dell, a Dell Mini 9, which is their version of a netbook. Uh, I won it in a Vodafone competition. It's true, I actually won it. Um, and I have to say, well, two things came out of it. One, oh my god, how does anyone live with using XP? It is just so surreal to go back to using the world's worst operating system. Well, that's not true, there's Vista. But the world's second worst operating system. With all these little pop-ups reminding me the fact that I've just connected to a network. That's great. Please stop telling me that I've just done that. Oh my god. Uh, so that was pretty hellish. So the first thing I did was take that off and put Apple OS X on it. Um, and it runs actually significantly better than XP, so I would recommend anyone who has uh, one of these little laptops either put Linux or put OS X on it. Just Google it, it's very, very easy. Now, suddenly, I've got this tiny little laptop, weighs like 900 grams. It's got a webcam, it's got a usable um, keyboard. It's got um, 3G connection, that was one of the things that came with this... Um, this version that I want, which is very cool. So actually, I can go anywhere and be online at 3G rates, and it's seriously quick. Um, and now, suddenly, it's releasing computing. I can be anywhere. I can actually carry this thing. And I'm starting to use it like a computer. But anywhere, I carry it everywhere. I am quite one of these sad, random people who does things like that. But it's been very, very interesting to have an actually proper, proper, full-fledged computer that does everything. I mean, Actually, um, what am, I, what am I saying? I've been carrying around a uh, little computer, some would say a full-fledged computer for the last 18 months, in the form of an iPhone. And that's got 3G now. There's another big story, 3G iPhone. 
um, which of course I upgraded to that morning. Um, now that's a, a computer that I've been carrying around in my pocket, and it is fantastic to be honest. But there is a difference. When you have something slightly bigger with a full keyboard, it runs the full applications, it's got a mouse, I can plug it into a projector, it's the thing I take to give lectures, give presentations, all that sort of stuff. It's really, really pretty impressive. And to buy it, a couple of hundred quid. That's consumable. We're getting to consumable computing. Now, if I lost it, it's no great big deal. And I'll tell you why. Because everything's in the cloud, but we'll get to that. That's coming up in the next section. But if we go back to the iPhone, I think the final and probably the biggest story of the year has to be the iPhone App Store. Now, I gave my old iPhone to my wife um, and bought the 3G one. Well, I say bought it, I got it for free. Why would anyone get another phone? I don't understand this. It's free. Go into an O2 store, go into a car phone warehouse, Apple store, whatever, sign up. Yeah, it costs you 40 quid a month, but what you're getting is, well, freaking awesome. And now it's just got better and better and better, because um, the last story of uh, 2008, the iPhone App Store. Now, I don't think people realise quite what a big deal this was when it actually happened, but it's just becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger thing. Now you'll find that like Nokia are trying to do their own version. I mean, Nokia try and do something because uh, one of their competitors um, is doing it. You know that that competitor is... Uh, Kicking some serious ass, um, or ass, as I should say. Well, there are, well, quite literally thousands um, of applications, uh, tens of thousands, in fact, of applications now available on the App Store. Probably about 80% of those are flashlights, which aren't that useful, but there are some spectacularly useful applications, really properly designed for the iPhone, designed for the fact that this is connection anywhere. You can be anywhere, you've got a camera, you've got GPS. You've got this cellular 3G connection, you've got Wi-Fi if you're in um, range of it. And this allows us to do some really, really, really cool stuff. Um, you're now even getting speech recognition. Those who read the column, they know I'm kind of into that sort of stuff. You've got Vlingu and Google as well. Google have released this amazing application. You can just see that a lot of thought has gone into it. You know, it's just classically Google. It's beautifully done, beautifully simple. Vlingu, which is another voice-driven one actually better than the Google uh, version, but once Google get 10 million people using their application, it's just going to get better and better and better. But then you've got games. I mean, the games are absolutely astounding. This thing is producing better games than the DS Lite, Nintendo's little handheld. Even the PSP, I mean, the graphics on it don't quite get up to that level, but they are. The playability is just phenomenal. Um, it is the Wii for handhelds. I mean, Rolando is a brilliant, brilliant little game. You use it all the different aspects, the multi-touch, the accelerometers, it's just cool stuff. And that's only going to get better as well. You've got useful utilities and accessories. I mean, AirMouse is one that I always use. Anyone who's got an iPhone, go and download AirMouse. It's free, and it controls any computer that you install the AirMouse server on. It's a tiny little download, boom, you can suddenly you can control it. It's like a mouse, it's like a keyboard. I've actually got a computer... Um, driving my TV at home, and it allows me to use the internet, the um, any browser, anything like that, to email on my um, big-ass TV. Smart developers doing smart things. It's very, very cool. And then you get some really, really banana stuff like the Ocarina. For those of you who haven't seen it, it turns your iPhone into an Ocarina. A nice little flute. And it's genuinely fantastic. So the iPhone App Store, well, 
I'm not going to go through all the apps. If you're on iPhone, spend a little time, Google around, see what people are saying, see which applications they think are the best ones. Because you'll find that there's so many of them are free. And the other thing that's changed the game on, 99p for an application, you get something like Photoshop, that's 800 quid. 99p for an application, and they're a brilliant application. They do what they do, and they do it brilliantly. The iPhone, trust me, the iPhone App Store is changing the game on how developers develop and how users kind of get the things that they do computing stuff with. It's very, very cool. So anyway, those are kind of a very brief overview of some of the tech stories of 2008. 2009, what have we got to look forward to in 2009? Well, I think it's going to be about the cloud. Now, what do I mean by the cloud? The cloud is this idea of everything, all my data, and even the applications with which I do stuff with this data will live in the cloud, the internet. I won't have to have it installed on my local computer. I'll be able to go anywhere, any computer, and access my data and access the applications with which I generate and do stuff with this data. Now this is very, very cool for a lot of reasons. Mainly though, it means I don't have to have my computer. And more than that, if I lose my computer, I don't have to have an enormous panic attack. I just get another computer, log on to all my stuff, and bang, all my data, all of my information is out in the cloud. This has been around for a while, mobile phones have been doing it for a while now. But it's really, really going to start hitting the mainstream in 2009. Um, I'll give you some examples. I mean, the one that I think is fabulous is um, Evernote. Evernote, for those of you who don't use it, you should. It is basically, it's a dump space. You have anything. You can take a photo and put it in Evernote. And it'll. if you have a photo, say, of um, a business card or a some notes you made in a meeting or whatever it may be, it'll actually then run... OCR, optical character recognition, and it will. This is all done out in the cloud. You don't have to do anything. It just does it automatically, and it will recognise all the text in that photo. And then you can search for it through Evernote. Now that may sound a little bit boring, but when you start to use it, it becomes fabulously useful. It's where I put all my notes. It's where I put the notes for this podcast. I did it on my little Dell Mini, and then I'm reading it off my big screen at work. You can do it on your iPhone. You can do it on your normal phone. It's just Evernote. Trust me, everyone should get Evernote. It's just a perfect example. The other thing is it means you don't have to delete anything. This is the thing. We always used to worry about hard drive space. Oh my god, I've only got 4 gig hard drive. You don't have to worry about this stuff now. Google gives you 7 gigabytes for just your email. You know, data storage is so, so cheap now. The big problem, the big like hangback of all this stuff is the broadband is what we use to connect to this. Um, and 2009, hopefully, we'll see a change in this. So what are the other examples of cloud computing? Well, I mean, Google have been doing this for years. They've already had Google Apps, Gmail, I mean, Hotmail is an example. You use all these applications, your email applications, and they're web-based. Everything will start to be web-based. I write my documents in Google. Anyone else can then access it from anywhere. And we're all working on the same version. We're not having to send files back and forth. Yeah, and this isn't just for word processing, but you can do it for anything. And I think this is going to be the big shift. I mean, we look at it and say, is it going to be a big shift? Well, Apple, Apple are moving uh, to the cloud, allegedly. We'll find out, well, tomorrow, actually, so I might be completely wrong with this. But there's a big suggestion that Apple are going to move um, their iWork um, productivity stuff to the cloud um, using their mobile me to sync everything up. 
which is about bloody time because mobile media is rubbish. Uh, Microsoft, Microsoft, of course, they're releasing Windows 7 probably midway through the year. And Microsoft Azure, Azure, they do like their poncy names, don't they? Vista and Azure. Uh, Microsoft Azure will be their cloud computing um, attempt at least, which means it won't work for about three more years. So Mac, of course, are bringing out their new OS as well, uh, Snow Leopard, which, I mean, it looks like it's just really going to be an evolution rather than a revolution, um, which is a bit of a shame. I think everyone was expecting the next version to really take this idea of multi-touch, which is born with the iPhone. Well, it's not really born with the iPhone. It's been around for 40 years, but really has hit the mainstream with the iPhone. And take it to the iMac. I mean, I, I know everyone I talk to, they all want their big you know, iPhone-type experience on the iMac. The problem is... It's just completely impractical. I mean, could you imagine just wiping your hands all over your monitor all day rather than actually using a keyboard and mouse? No. Um, but Apple are smart. They won't do it like that. There's talk of the fact that they'll bring out this big iPod Touch, a sort of 9-inch tablet. I think that's what we'll do. There's halfway size between like a netbook and a laptop and a tablet PC and all these kind of... They always try and hit the sweet spot of size and of functionality. And it's more about how it all integrates. And then if you've got all your stuff in the cloud again, it doesn't really matter. You just have different experiences with these different technologies and the different stuff. That's going to be pretty cool. It's to really just to see how people... And these are the third-party guys as well. How they kind of deal with all these new technologies. This stuff has been available and doable for years. But now it's all coming together. Now it's all integrated. Now my phone works pretty much seamlessly with my laptop, which works pretty much seamlessly with my desktop. And I can be in Madrid and be doing stuff with someone who's in... doing stuff. Yeah, working, that is. With someone who's in, you know, Ulaanbaatar. Doesn't matter. And we can all be working on a collaborative thing because of this idea of the cloud. It's the same as being in the same room. It's just the room's got really, really big. Which is pretty funky stuff. So that really is properly a ramble. Um, I think that's because the lampsip is beginning to wear off. So I'm going to leave it at that. There is your first ramble for 2009. Hopefully I'll be a little more structured on the next one. When uh, Hopefully as well I'll be bringing a guest along and we'll have a chat. So the podcast will be available for subscription in iTunes, probably in a week's time. For those of you who aren't in the room, that's all of you. A week's time will be kind of early January time. Um, so check back and subscribe to iTunes if you want to catch up and hear what else I've got to ramble about um, and my points on some uh, some of the new stories that will be emerging in the next couple of weeks. The big one, of course, being uh, Apple um, and CES, which is the big consumer electronics show in Vegas in early January. Some big stuff will be coming out of that, no doubt. So tune in next time to hear what I have to say about that. Uh, in the meantime, you can always contact me at mivlos.com. Uh, I'm going to try and actually do some blogging this year as opposed to forgetting to and then doing all my blogging in a weekend. Um, so hopefully this year will be, here's, here's my New Year's resolution, I will be a little more productive and a little more organised and hopefully a little less flu-ridden. I think that's about all I have to say. Happy New Year and here's to a exciting tech-ridden 2009. Thanks for listening.